morning and welcome to another edition of Mastermind Minutes. My name is Gary Grosso. I am the founder and managing partner of Franchise Growth Solutions and the publisher of FranchiseMoneyMaker.com. For those of you who are tuning into Mastermind Minutes for the very first time, let me tell you what it's about. It's real simple. We have one guest, we ask one question, one topic, and we get one answer. The key here is that we do it in minutes, not hours, so you can get that information sort of condensed while you're doing whatever it is you're doing in your busy day. And while we realize that is uh, very often not enough time to cover the entire topic, at the end of the program, we'll be happy to uh, give you contact information for the guest, and you can feel free to reach out uh, to them directly for questions or more information about their company or what they do. And uh, today, my guest is uh, Ed Tichera, and Ed and I know each other for, as I just said, 5,000 years. It's not actually 5,000. Uh, but Ed, Ed is a recognized franchise expert with uh, 40 years experience in the franchise industry. Uh, he has served as a corporate executive for franchise firms in the uh, retail, the manufacturing, healthcare, uh, and technology industries, and uh, was a franchisee of a multi-million dollar home healthcare franchise. Uh, recently, Ed and Professor Richard Chan uh, are the auth authors of a new textbook called Franchising Strategies, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Success. It's published by Rutledge, and uh, we'll talk about this as our topic today, but I will tell you this is either the first or the first in a long time um, guide textbook information written down where if you want to get involved in franchising this is this is the place to go for guidance um he's participated in the ceo magazine uh roundtable meetings with business leaders from all around the country he's spoken at several venues including the international franchise expo and chinese franchise association in shanghai uh over the uh, course of his career he's done many many i mean i know ed through the industry and he's always doing something uh, he's been involved with over a thousand franchise locations and launched franchise concepts uh, from existing business models. And I'm not sure from developing, but we'll talk about that. So, Ed, thank you very much for being on the program. I truly appreciate you being with us today. Glad to be here. So so before we talk about the book, because that's really what I want to I really want to talk about. And I have a question for you about it. Uh, just fill us in. You know, what are you doing today? What do you um, you know, what what words of wisdom can you share with us on the franchising industry? Um, uh, you know, as it exists today, post COVID or sort of post COVID, what are you seeing out there? Well, I think, first of all, the industry right now is as healthy as it has been in a while. Uh, pre COVID, let's say. Uh, indicator I have, and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, and uh, speak to quite a few people in the industry. Uh, every indication is that it's 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 healthy, it's robust, and I think it's going to continue to grow. So uh, let's say uh, my assessment would be good. Good times are are ahead for the industry, and for those that are interested in developing their franchise concept, whether you're a franchisor or you're a franchisee. Uh, looking to own more units, probably someone that's looking at franchising uh, for the first time. So yep. I'm very optimistic about the industry. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, we were, I, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and, you know, this, this notion of, or what they're calling the great resignation. Uh, and, and someone said, yeah, well, what's happening? Everyone's resigning. You know, what's, what are they staying home? I said, no, they're not, 
staying home. They're buying franchises. They're, what they're doing is they're, they're not resigning from work. They're resigning from their jobs, perhaps. Maybe they're fed up with corporate America. They want to take control or have more control. And they're flocking to franchising, which is the perfect vehicle because of the, the systems that good franchisors provide to people who may have some experience or no experience at all. Um, that, um, you know, that's really sort of the um, the launching pad for a lot of folks who are entrepreneurially spirited or minded, uh, but not really, uh, you know, inventing something on their own. They, they get on board with a good franchise, franchise or teaches them, supports them, and now they're in business for themselves and they can grow it as big as they want. So I'm with you. I think the industry is uh, very healthy. I'm looking forward to a great 2023. I think it's going to continue. Uh, and uh, I would say the best part for me <clears throat> is more people will be in business for themselves. I agree with that. And the other thing is that uh, the popularity of franchising has certainly in the last, I would say, 30 years or so. And that's a little bit based on experience rather than uh, in-depth analysis. It's reflected the, uh, the trends in the country. And if you look at it, QSR, quick serve restaurants continue to be the strongest in the largest sector, but the personal service sector, children's educational services, health and wellness, uh, home services, residential services, commercial, they have really done extremely well. Yep. And I think that's, and, and, and I should add to that, the fact that with our growing diversity of, a, of the population in this country, you're seeing more and more food concepts reflect that diversity. So uh, franchising is just reflecting what people want to buy and purchase and eat. And it also reflects what people want to do if they're looking to run their own business. Yes. You know, that's just fantastic. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so with that, is, and I think that's a good backdrop. So the book, um, you know, okay. I, and you know what I do. I mean, we're not only involved on the franchise sales side, but our core business really is developing franchises. And very often people will come to me uh, and they'll say, hey, you know, I have a business and I'd like to franchise it, but I don't know what to do. I don't even know what I should be thinking about uh, in, in, in wanting to do this endeavor. Uh, and, and we go through a series of steps with them. And what I have found over the 35 years that I've been doing this is that there has been, up until now, no one resource where you could go and really find out what is the strategy that you need to employ if you want to launch a brand, if you want to be involved in franchising. And I think um, that the, 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 your, your book, Franchising Strategies, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Success, has really sort of put it all together in one place as a reference, as I'll use the word textbook, so to speak, because uh, you had it here on paper. So, so tell us about the, the book, what was the motivation behind it, and, and what is its purpose on the planet, so to speak? Well, the primary, what happened was I was working on some projects with uh, Richard Chan, Professor Chan, and I've always had this, this issue, so to speak, about the lack of respect franchising has gotten in academia. If, if you look at uh, curriculums around the country, with the exception of certain colleges and universities, franchising usually comes under the umbrella of entrepreneurial courses, entrepreneurship. And you find very few uh, 
academic institutions that really present franchising as a curriculum and, and get into the, uh, the depth and understanding of what it's all about, including its history, uh, its evolution, et cetera. And we spoke about it and we thought, you know, I think it's time for a textbook on franchising. And the reason is the last one that was written was written in 1996 by a professor uh, in the Midwest, Scott Shane, I don't mind plugging him. And uh, he did a second edition in 09, I believe it was 09, but there's really not been a true textbook. Now, there've been a lot of books written about franchising, but, and I'm guilty of this too, but they tend to be self-promotional. In other words, if you have a consulting practice, then you're gonna look to help use franchising as a way uh, to help promote that practice via a book. So we, we finally came up with the concept of writing a textbook that would not only be applicable for students of the industry, but also for people interested in franchising their own business. So we designed it so that it would educate people on franchising, starting with the very beginning of franchising, how it evolved, what it really means, et cetera. I franchise a few businesses and I found that so few people really understand franchising from A to Z. What, what they can't wait to do is get their franchise done and start growing to be the second largest in America at whatever concept they have. And we just felt that the time had come to have this kind of a textbook. Uh, in fact, the endorsements we were fortunate to get, whether it was from the president of the IFA, whether it's from the uh, president of Babson College, which by the way, is probably the leading institution in the country for entrepreneurship and franchising. Uh, that reflected their desire to try to spread the word, so to speak. And, 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 should, and you know, to, go ahead. I just want to jump in because I don't want to go too far now. I want to unpack some of the things you said and then we'll continue. So uh, I, I agree with you 100%. I will say that the franchising as a, as a business model is not only incredibly misunderstood. Everybody thinks they know what it is, but they generally can't describe it in a way that's even remotely accurate, number one. And there is a certain level of uh, like disrespect towards it because they don't understand, first of all, they don't understand that, I, and I, I don't have the exact stat, but the I think it's either 8% of GDP it might be 11 overall, but I, I thought it was between 8 and 11% of GDP in the United States is generated. It is. It's, it's about 7.9. Yeah, through franchising. That's tremendous. It's a tremendous number. So right. talking about being like collectively one of the largest employers uh, in the country, collectively, collectively. But the the idea of, of it having its respectful place in the business world in general um, it's just not there. Now, I will say to the credit of New York University, uh, the university where I'm an adjunct professor, I teach a course on restaurants, I teach a course on entrepreneurship, and I do very much get involved in franchising, because I think if you're teaching somebody about restaurants, because that's a huge category in franchising, sure. that when someone is developing a concept from scratch, um, if growth and scaling is sort of on their mind, I'm not talking about the guy that maybe just wants to open up some nice fancy restaurant that he's going to run, but or she's going to run, but something that they want to scale. 
you need to be thinking about franchising that or if you're going to grow from the beginning, which means the way you actually develop that concept, franchising has to be in that mix. And no one really thinks about it that way. They get their business up and running and then they may decide to franchise it. But now they may have to go back a little bit and fix some things that are inconsistent or, or just counterintuitive to franchising. So from a strategic point of view, what are some of the commonalities or some of the things that folks should be thinking about in the very beginning if they want to franchise their business? Well, uh, we lay that out, I think, very nicely, uh, you know, in the textbook, because we not only explain franchise, but we provide some interesting statistics on the industry itself. Uh, we present data, statistics on those sectors that are having the best growth. Uh, we also have statistics on the performance of, of new franchise brands. And it's kind of surprising that there's about 20% of those that don't even sell a franchise for the first year or more. So we want to lay the foundation about how it works, what it's all about, what the components are. In other words, what is a franchise? And, and also, uh, we want to give them the background of what the business model is all about, how successful it is. Then, and this is the interesting part, it was a challenge for me because here I've got my brain full of franchise knowledge and the information, and it's a textbook. It's a whole different ballgame. Mm. My co-author, he kept telling me, you have to explain define what it is, why it's important, and how to apply it. So I had the, uh, the teacher component of it put me on the right path, and that's how the book was designed. So we get involved with how to qualify your business to franchise, because a lot of people, and I'm sure you've met them, they're going to have 500 locations in two years all across America. So I actually met <laughs> yeah. someone that wanted to have hundreds and hundreds yeah. When I but, hear that, uh, by the way, Ed, when I hear that, I tell him I was going to be seven foot five and play in the NBA. That didn't work. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we go through qualifying as a franchise business and we get into, you know, making sure that you have the capital and how some people franchise and they spend all their money franchising it and then they don't have any money left to develop it. So we get into the pitfalls of why some don't succeed. We actually have three organizational charts in the next chapter that show how a startup franchise organization would look. And then we go into a, uh, an emerging or developing one. And then we get into the mature ones where they might even have in-house franchise legal counsel, et cetera. So we really bring them along to the point where they're ready now to open up their location uh, what they need to develop the system. We have the job descriptions of the key players. And from there, we work into franchise uh, or services. What is it that franchisors do and should perform for their franchisors, rather, so they can be successful? So we run the gamut. We really do. We explain franchise relationship management, what that's all about, making sure that you have satisfaction surveys done, uh, have KPIs, key performance indicators, identify those franchisees that are doing well, those that are not. And with KPIs, you can then diagnose the difference between 
the good performers and the poor performers. Yep, yep. I, we, run, we run the whole gamut. And, and I think that's that's terrific. Again, I'm going to sort of rewind it a little bit because you've got a lot. Sure. You got, you got a lot I know. I know. No, no, I love it. I love it. So so when we talk about it's interesting because, yes, when we have folks come to us uh, about franchising their business, we do um, what we call a pre-engagement discovery. So some other folks in the franchise development business just do what they call an evaluation. And, you know, the business may be one that you can evaluate, but we think it's it goes much deeper than just, say, the biz, the retail store, two or three that they're running. And it, and it really speaks to the company who's behind the company, the capitalization that they have. We will, and we're often accused of telling people what they don't want to hear, uh, which is right. okay. No, I, I've been down that road. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, because... Unlike a lot of franchise development firms, we're also what's called an FSO, which you know is a franchise sales organization. Yep. So our position is if we were just building it and then going to give them a kiss on the forehead and say lots of luck, maybe we'd have a different approach. But we build it and then we sell it. So we feel if we're ever going to sell this thing, it's got to be built properly. And most importantly, the franchisor has to understand that they are now in a different business. You might be in the pizza business today, and maybe that's your company store, but you're now in the franchising business. And exactly. you need to understand that, first of all, you need the proper capital to launch a franchise. Just having an FDD and an operations manual and a website well, I guess technically you're a franchisor, but that's like being all dressed up with nowhere to go because you can't afford to go out. Right. Now right. you've got to get into the persona of your buyer, lead generation. What is the vetting process? Do I, you know, Tom Spadia from Spadia Law. I think you know Tom, right? Oh, sure. He's in the book. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Thanks He's for the plug, Tom and Harold oh, okay. Kesson, Bob. Okay, so, I don't mind plugging them. I've known them for a long time. Right. So, so why do I bring up Tom? Because I had Tom on the program. I don't know a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, whenever it was. And Tom said something interesting to me, and I've used this now numerous times. I'm not paying him for it, but I'm just I use it all the time. Tom said to me, when a franchisor sits across the table from a potential franchisee. The franchisor should be asking him or herself, instead of this person giving me twenty or thirty or forty thousand dollars as a franchise fee to come into my system, would I be willing to pay them thirty or forty thousand dollars to bring them into my system? And if the answer is no, maybe I should think second. Maybe I should think again as to whether I I really think that person's a good fit for my franchise. Right, right. So, so I found that to be a very interesting way of looking at it because, as you state. There are numerous moving parts, the franchise liaison part. How do you manage the expectation of the franchise? It's not just about selling it or having a brochure. So I just wanted to sort of add a little bit more color to that. And I'm glad to hear that the book actually gets into that level of detail, because those are the things that entrepreneurs in their, in their zeal and in their excitement to launch a brand they tend to overlook that, whether by accident or design. They just they don't want to know. They don't want to know about that. So no, that's true. That's I, exactly true. I think that's key. What about sort of now? You know, does is the book going to? And and I promise you, I will read the book. Obviously, I actually feel a little lame that I haven't read the book up to this point. Well, you're one of the contributors, so no, well. Along you. with, by the way, along with about thirty-seven or forty other people. 
well-known in the industry that are very good in their field. I have to say, you sent me a list of some of the books that are in that book. First of all, I'm honored to be one of the people on that list. I can't believe I'm in the company of some of those people. But oh, that's okay. Those, that's... Are, those are, you know, what I would say, quintessential people in the business, where if you're going to go get advice from someone, those are the people. Those right. are the people, which I love that they've all, you know, got their input into the book. But, but okay, so... Uh, you know, the franchise is now developed and we've now sold a few franchises. Does a book address? Okay, so now I'm still a startup. Maybe I'm starting to get into that emerging category. Things are getting a little bit, maybe they get a little dicey at times. Where does the book sort of address that or does it address that? It does. Uh, the chapter six, I believe, <laughs> Organizational Capabilities, addresses that whole area. And it shows how you can evolve from the emerging a startup franchisor to get to the next level. You may outsource, for example, at the beginning, your IT uh, services. You may outsource your advertising and marketing functions. But then when you get to, let's say, 50, 60 franchisees, then you want to bring those services in-house. And then when you get even larger and, and somebody wants to go international, then you might even want a little department for that. You may want to bring in... Uh, in-house legal counsel, start with one attorney. So we actually do deal with the evolution of the organization, but we begin with the very simple, basic organizational structure that you need. And you don't need to hire a VP of marketing right away. You could even outsource franchise sales to a firm like yours or some others. So we actually address that. And we conclude with the future of franchising, where we see it headed. Well, the last chapter. Again, and, and we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the conclusion in a minute. But but you mentioned about you know the organization um, and bringing you know when you bring when to bring people on board. And it's interesting because one of the things that we do on the FSO side is we we actually have what we call an infrastructure package. So the way our company is designed, it's a bunch of cooperative consultants. So yeah, in the beginning, you're not going to go out and I don't know spend whatever to hire a director of real estate. But you need right. to have somebody and it can't just you can't just tell the franchisee, you know, go work with the person from the Remax office in your area. That's not going to do it. OK, no, that's so we, true. Yeah. So, so we actually have outsourced partners that specialize in specific disciplines that the franchisor can now deliver that level of service and support to their franchisee even if they only have one or two units, but they're delivering a level of service and support as if they may have 50 or 60 units because they've outsourced it to the right, to the right person or the right, the right company. And I, and I think that's, I think that's very, very uh, important. I think another, another piece to it in terms of you use the term in the evolution of the company. So I, I love that concept because what, what you and I and other folks who are sort of more mature in this industry what I find myself explaining to, to younger folks uh, <laughs> is, you know, you have to have patience. And when I say patience, it doesn't mean you're just sitting there watching the grass grow. You have to understand that building your franchise company is very much like evolution. It doesn't look like things are changing because you don't see it right away, but there's all this stuff that you're working on in the background, whether it's 
better systems, better services, setting up finances for your franchise, financing for your franchisees, making sure the real estate component works, understanding the expectation and how to better vet, you know, franchisees coming on board. So when you use that term evolution, I absolutely love it because companies in their early days approach their business and need to approach their business one way. But as the company grows and evolves, they need to grow and evolve and view their company and approach their company in a different way. Exactly right. That's a very good point. And we touch on that. You really have to, have to evolve. I used to always tell uh, franchisors, uh, whatever the venue, that to grow, you must evolve. And that means that you have to grow with your franchise system and have the services and support that they're going to need. So where does the where does the book conclude? If I if I could ask you, like, what's the final thought here? Where does where does the book take us to in this evolution process of franchising? Well, it it really it it helps provide the roadmap for a student of the industry, whether they're in an academic institution or they're a business person. And finally, uh, leads them to the final chapter, which is the future of the industry of franchising and talks about how technology is going to play a more important role in the industry. But it's going to be more uh, not controlling, not a controlling influence, but rather a supportive influence. You still have to, uh, and as you know, I'm sure we agree on this. It's still a fairly simple business in terms of connectivity between the franchisor and the prospective franchisee, developing a relationship built on trust and built on performance, which to me is extremely important. You know, the days of the blue suede shoe salesman, we used to call them, from way back when, that would literally tackle you at a, at a franchise trade show, they're fast becoming, uh, and they are basically passe. Thankfully. <laughs> the whole future is going to be built on that. Yeah. It's going yeah. to be built on, and we, we have a lot of, like I say, a lot of statistics. Uh, it's going to be built on proven results. And that's where it's headed. And I think technology will play a key role in that. Yeah. Evaluating candidates, you can have all the tests in the world, but sometimes you have to ask yourself, would I sell, would I sell this franchise to my brother-in-law? Yeah. Yeah. Bob Spadia's example or anecdote. Yeah. No, I, 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 Would you sell us to your best friend? Yeah, I agree. Well, development um, people honest. The book, the book is called Franchising Strategies, the Entrepreneur's Guide to Success. We're talking with the co-author, uh, Ed Teixeira. And Ed, thank you so much for being with us today. If someone, first of all, it, where it, the book is available on Amazon? It's on Amazon. and. You can even do a little inside uh, the book so someone can get on and actually look. Oh, great. Great. So I, they will can say, I will say it's a textbook. And when I was in college and graduate school, uh, textbooks were, uh, I'm just saying, a lot more reasonable. It's, it may seem like a negative sell, but it isn't. No, listen, there's, there's, there's an absolute need for text. Uh, you know me. When I, as a as an informer, as a teacher, I basically tell stories, okay? Right, That's how right. I teach. But a textbook, sort of the stories are not necessarily, uh, you know, it's it's not a glamorous read, but the information is there and it's what you need in order yeah, to- Yeah, I'm biased, but it's very good. I really mean that. Yeah. We have yeah. gotten the uh, endorsements we got from the people we got them from. Mm -hmm. Kathy Monson, 
uh, president of. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, no problem, Ed. She has some questions. She went through the book a bit. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I, I have so, met her a few times. She was she's a, tremendous. Uh, uh, she kind of turned over the, the torch this year at the IFA. Uh, and did a, an absolute incredible presentation. Yeah, she's really a great executive. Absolutely incredible. So, Ed, if people want to reach out to you, uh, right. how do they do that? How do they get uh, They can email me at edtext12 at aol.com. Okay, simple enough, edtext12 at aol.com. And that will be sort of embedded in the body, in the, in the body of the uh, webcast and in the... Uh, Okay. Podcast, so that's people fine. don't have to run around and try and write that down. But and they can Google me; they'll see me everywhere. Right. They can Google you, and I know you. You know, LinkedIn, same place. They can find you. On, oh yeah, we. I'm like you. We've been around uh, a few weeks. Yeah, just a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, we're, we're easy again. to find. Thank you very much. I hope to see you live and in person someday soon at uh, one of me the. Me too, Gary. On. And again, thank you very much for your time. You're today. welcome. Best always, of luck and uh, good health. Bye bye now. Oh.